Parenting teens is hard. Parenting teens in crisis is even harder. And we live in a culture that is really good at hiding. See, we keep these struggles tucked in really tight around us. And so when something happens in our families that's tough and maybe even a little embarrassing, we feel like we're all alone. I promise you that you're not. But you definitely need a place where you can be a part of honest conversations that give a voice to the challenges you are facing. A place that normalizes the hard that we have to walk through with our teens. So I'm inviting you to join us on this path towards healing, where we'll discuss topics that drive out shame and teach us how to navigate the emotions and uncertainty that come with parenting a teenager in crisis. This twice monthly podcast is presented by Pathways to Hope Network, and we strive to do all of that while honoring the unyielding love a mother has for her child. First off, I just want to say I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for taking time to listen today because the truth is a lot of moms saw this podcast on self-care and they breezed right past it. I don't need that, they thought. I need answers. I need to know how to feel like I'm not going crazy. I need to know my child is going to be okay. I need to know how to balance work and home and kids and the dozens of repeated court dates that seem to be heading nowhere. But not you. Something inside you knew that maybe it was time to consider what answers you might find and how you might feel if you stopped to listen. And I'm so glad that you did. Because like I said last time, Life is on a different trajectory than we planned. The path we thought we were on has taken an unexpected detour. And rather than sitting around waiting to see how we will respond based on how our child will respond, it's time we take the lead. It's time we begin our own journey, a journey that will strengthen us for the battles ahead, a journey that's going to help us show up the way we want to show up as mamas who are strong and brave and resilient. Today, I have the honor and privilege of interviewing nationally certified trainer, nutrition coach, and mom of boys, Megan Dahlman. Megan's mission is to help moms love their bodies and to discover what it feels like to thrive in them. Through her podcast, Self-Care Simplified, which is now in the top 1%, as well as her online training programs and courses, she is committed to coaching women along a grace-filled journey so they can achieve lasting strength and health. Megan was and still is instrumental in helping me heal through some of the most challenging times in my life, and I know that you will love her. She is everything you would want a coach and trainer to be. Today, she's going to talk to us about some of the hidden benefits of physical activity and nutrition for you during this season, and she's going to give us some super simple ways to begin our self-care journey. Hi, Megan. How's it going? I am so good. Thank you so much for having me, Angie. This is just an honor. It's an honor. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to be here. How would you feel about starting us off by giving us your opinion on what moms who are navigating a season of chaos or uncertainty should do first on their self-care journey? I love this question. We're just going to jump right into it. It's so good because uh-huh. I think I, I think first and foremost, it, I'm my answer is not what people are going to anticipate. They're when it comes to our self-care, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to nutrition, we always think like tactical, like give me the to-do list, give me the things that like the boxes to check. But to be honest, I think that most moms that are navigating a chaotic season of life must first start with grace and dramatically lowered expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, Most self-care actions involve really high expectations that we place on ourselves. We have this dialogue in our mind. Like if I'm going to show up and take care of my body, it needs to look like this, this, and this, it needs to be five days a week of working out every day. It needs to be like following the perfect diet. And we get this idea in our minds that unless it looks like that, it's not worth doing at all. And so Mm -hmm. most moms in a season of chaos, they admittedly can say, I can't do that right now. I'm not capable of doing that right now. And so they don't do anything. And so the very first thing that they should do is to go into it with dramatically lowered expectations and to not think, well, I'm, I'm selling myself short. I'm this is a cop-out, you know, like, no, 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 no. It With lowered expectations, you are likely to do far more <laughs> than mm-hmm. if you had high expectations for your self-care. So before I tell you any tactics or strategies of this is how you should eat, this is what your training should look like, that must first be there. Because if you step forward and think, well, this is what my routine is supposed to be like, you will be so discouraged and frustrated with the entire process. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love this idea of, you know, grace and lowered expectations as really just like the foundation of everything that we're doing as moms in this season. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Because like uh, we, feel like super women so much. We feel like I am capable of so much. I know that I'm capable. I'm probably physically capable of doing more than I'm doing right now, but capability does not equal capacity. Mm -hmm. And even if you are physically capable or mentally capable of something at this moment, it does not mean you have the capacity to do that right now in this season of life. Yes. And that is okay. So what fills the gap between capacity and capability is grace. It has to be grace of saying, this is all I'm, this is the only thing I have the capacity to do right now even though I know I'm fully capable of so much more in a different season of life, I have to give myself grace for what's going to be not done right now. And that is okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So good. Just kind of coming in with fire right out the gate. I love, (laughs) I love what you just said that. Yeah. Capability does not equal capacity. Like you have to consider both of the things and nothing is truer for sure on this journey. Mm-hmm. We all know that like our physical activity, our nutrition, it's essential. 
but putting them on the back burner is such an easy thing to do. For some of us, it feels like we don't have the time. And for others, it's about finding the energy, like you said, which when you have a child in crisis, most of your time feels like it's spent just kind of putting out fires and it can be really hard to find the energy and the time. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about what you would recommend for moms who find themselves in this position today. I would say that time and energy is absolutely one of the biggest things that feels like the barrier between taking care of ourselves, you know, barrier for, to take care of ourselves. And I, I think the reason we feel like I don't have the time, I don't have the energy goes back to this idea of we come into it with pretty high expectations. We have these false assumptions about what our health and fitness is supposed to look like, Mm -hmm. which will inevitably require large amounts of time, large amounts of energy. And you don't have that right now. So what we have to realize with health and fitness, it is it's a momentum game. And I know that this is a analogy that I've talked about with you before, Angie, but um, the momentum game, once you get the ball rolling, it, it usually stays in motion a little bit easier. But the problem is most of us, we try to roll a really, really big ball first. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm going from nothing right now in this season of life to I'm going to jump into a really like time consuming and energy consuming routine. And we, we get frustrated with ourselves that we're not getting that ball rolling. And if we start with something so much smaller, something that requires very minimal amount of time, something that requires very minimal energy, that ball is going to get rolling so much easier. It's kind of like the snowball effect. You know, it's going to pick up speed. It's going to gather more snow as it goes. And pretty soon in a couple months, you've naturally like found yourself in a routine that's maybe pushing the needle a little bit more. You're accomplishing a little bit more, but at this moment in time, we want to get the tiniest ball rolling first and you are going to feel so much more accomplished and proud of your efforts. So Take what time you do have, even if it's like maybe five minutes in the evening. There is so much that you could do in five minutes in the evening. Take the energy that you have. And I always say set goals that match up with your lowest levels of energy and lowest levels of motivation. Yeah, that that piece of advice right there was life-changing for me. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think we set, we usually tend to set fitness and health goals when we're highly motivated. You know, Uh the new year, um, or maybe coming off of a vacation where we don't feel very good about our bodies, we feel really unhealthy. So our level of motivation is super high in that moment. But what Mm -hmm. we forget is that motivation is actually an emotion. And just like any other emotion, like happiness or sadness or anger or frustration, it's going to ebb and flow based on your circumstances. So it would be ridiculous for us to assume that we will be always highly motivated. So I always suggest like, that's great. Capitalize on your motivation, but try to not set goals for yourself and put a routine in place that matches up with your highest levels of motivation. Try to set goals 
and expectations for yourself that can withstand your very lowest levels of motivation. So put yourself in that moment where you wake up and you're like, I am not in the mood. I don't want to do this. I am not motivated. I don't have any passion to do this. You're starting to think like, what's the point? Like that is where you feel really low levels of motivation. If your routine matches up to that, like maybe your expectation is just a 10 minute walk for the day, even at your lowest level of motivation, you could probably still muster up that effort to go for that 10 minute walk versus if you set a goal of, I'm going to do a 45 minute boot camp style class because you were really high, highly motivated when you committed to that. That's not going to happen on that day that you're like, I, I'm not in the mood. There's so many other things that are zapping my energy and time right now. So yeah, that is a huge game changer. It's a big mindset shift that we all need to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that one, like I said, was just, was such a game changer for me. And I think it's great that we're talking about this right off the bat, because for some people who are listening today, they're going to get off of this and they're going to feel motivated. Like, okay, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it. So this is a perfect way to just start us off, you know, first talking about um, lowered expectations and grace, and then now kind of bringing in this idea of setting goals that can withstand our lowest levels of expectation. Because the last thing, especially in this season, the last things that we need as moms is to feel like, we failed somewhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And honestly, I think that there's no other, I mean, there's many areas in our life that we feel like we're failing, especially like parenting, but man, when it comes to taking care of our own bodies, there's this constant undercurrent of feeling of failure Mm -hmm. of I'm not doing enough. I could be in far better shape. I should be so much healthier by now. I know all the things I should be doing. But there's this layer that's always associated with our health and fitness, this like undercurrent of I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough, and I'm failing somehow. And so if we can somehow, you know, with these mindset shifts, pull ourselves out of that place and be like, I'm actually not a failure, that changes the entire trajectory of your motivation, what you are willing to show up to do and what your routine ends up looking looking like and how healthy your body actually is. But when we're starting from a place of failure, like you can't hate yourself into healthy habits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot. It doesn't it, like it might push you a little bit, but if you hate where you're at, if you hate your body, if you hate um, just that feeling of failure, it's not going to last. It's not sustainable. So we have to somehow pull ourselves out of that situation. Right. Right. Because we're not going to get through this perfectly. We're not going to get through this season perfectly. We're not going to get through, uh, an exercise and nutrition regimen perfectly. It's just not going to happen. And so we really put a barrier up for ourselves when we, um, choose to kind of put in these high expectations of ourselves. hundred percent. Yeah. What are some of the benefits that our mamas who are listening might experience or notice a difference in their lives if they kind of began taking some small steps towards self-care? You know, I think this is a really important question to ask because I think most of us 
come into a fitness routine or a health routine where we expect like the only benefit worth noticing is how it changes my body, mm-hmm. you know, the physical changes. And it's like, well, it's either going to help me lose 10 pounds or it's not worth doing. And that's simply not true. The level of benefits are beyond. I mean, I could start just writing a long list and I actually did. I was thinking through this question. I was like writing out the benefits. I'm like, I can't, like, I can't stop here. Like there are so many benefits of just taking the small steps. I mean, besides the physical benefits, those are obvious. You'll feel stronger. You will have more energy. You will have more mental clarity. You will feel um, just physically more capable of handling a lot of things in your life. It will feel like your body is not one more barrier in your day, one Mm. more obstacle, one more issue, one more thing that you have to figure out. Like, man, when you have pain in your low back, when you have pain in your hips, when you're dealing with these physical discomforts and you're also dealing with all of the emotional trauma and just trying to figure out your day, what a barrier, like that, that load that you're carrying from all of those things is so much. So just by showing up and taking simple steps, I have a lot of women I work with where it's like, let's do this one stretch. And they're like, oh my goodness, that just relieved my back pain that I've been dealing with for four months. Yeah. And that single stretch did that. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, if you can remove some of that like physical discomfort in your life so that you're freed up to focus on all the other things that are taking your time and energy. What a wonderful blessing that is. But I think besides the physical benefits, having a routine provides that order um, in your life where it feels like everything else is chaotic. Yeah. Everything else feels out of control. And this is one piece of your life that you have control over. doesn't have to be perfect. But it is this moment, you know, where you go to your yoga mat, you go to your workout space, you put together a meal, whatever it might be for your self-care, you're making those choices and it's directly impacting you and your body. And that feels like this sense of structure. There's comfort to that. There's um, stability in that when nothing else in your life feels stable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus this sense of accomplishment of like something moved in a positive direction. <laughs> that feels good when it feels like nothing else, when everything else is falling apart, when you can show up and do 10 minute workout, whatever it might be, something small, you have this sense of accomplishment, like that moved me in a positive direction. And that is something you just really need in your life right now. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is great advice. And, um, and, and I thank you for that. I hope that like our precious moms that are listening at home are beginning to see why I said, you're going to love Megan, because everything that she says is so countercultural, what you hear, this is all about taking care of yourself in a way that is healing and life-giving. And it's not about a number on a scale or inches on your thigh. It's, it's really about as much for your body as it is for your soul. Yeah. 
What do you think, Megan, is the most significant barrier for moms like me when either starting physical activity or restarting after stepping away from the practice? You know, I think the biggest barrier that they're going to encounter is their own mind. (laughs) Uh, It kind of all comes back to that, but I think the comparison game that we play constantly, you know, whenever we start a fitness and nutrition routine, it's hard for us to not look around at what other people are doing and maybe the, the grand accomplishments that other people are getting, you know, the dramatic before and after photos, and they're doing something pretty extreme. You know, they're not taking the slow and steady, the simple baby step approach. They're doing something big. It's a big overhaul. And because of that, they're getting these really fast, quick fix results. And it's hard to see other people doing that. It's hard. It feels defeating when you're on team tortoise. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. to say team tortoise for the win because at the end of the day, team tortoise does win. It's not the hair that wins. Right. So yeah. I think that there's this comparison game that you're going to feel, you're going to see everybody coming out of the gate really hard, really fast. And that will create so much doubt in your mind. Mm-hmm. That is what you're doing enough. Is it enough? Is it even worth doing? Because it feels so small. It feels so insignificant. Mm-hmm. So that that bear, like that mi- mindset. Plus, we compare not only to other people, but maybe what you were able to do in a totally different season of life. Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes that we make as women when we come out of a season where we're not taking care of our body. And we decide, okay, now I'm motivated. I'm going to set some goals. I'm going to get back into a routine. We go back to whatever routine we did at whatever point in our life. Yeah. You probably at that season of life didn't have the level of chaos, the -hmm. level of stress and the demands on your time and your energy as you do right now. So it would be foolish to try to go back to whatever routine worked for you when you were 25. Yeah. You know, whatever you know that one time that you were training for that half marathon where you felt really really great, that's not going to work for you right now. So we compare like man, where I am right now to where I used to be, that can feel extremely defeating too. So that comparison game is going to be the biggest barrier you will encounter right out of the gate. And that always leads to this feeling of doubt that I don't think it's good enough. This isn't going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add too. I think um, one of the barriers, I know I experienced this uh, during my journey is it really started what it started out as for me, it morphed into something different. And Mm. so, you know, I started kind of with this physical activity and then pretty soon it was like, Oh, let me jump on the scale and, you know, see how, how things are going, you know, and, and like give myself a little pat on the back. And then it would just kind of let all the wind out of my sails when I would see like, been walking every day, you know, for the last two weeks and I weigh the exact same. And so instead of focusing on the benefits that I was getting, you know, um, from the walking or from the stretching, whatever it was, it was easy to replace that with what was on the scale. So my tip would be get, if you decide that you are going to start, which I hope that you do taking some small steps towards this self-care process today, put your 
scale in the trunk of your car or drop it <laughs> off with a neighbor, just, just get it get out rid of, the of it. So it's not even a temptation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Because chances are, what's propelling you to get started, isn't isn't that right now right? in this moment? Yeah. It could be your mental health. It could be that sense of order, sense of accomplishment, just this sense of I'm going to do something for my health. Mm-hmm. But then it's like you, it, it while you were talking about that, it totally reminded me of when Paul was speaking to one of the churches and he's like, how did you start with grace? But now you are like trying to continue with works. It's like you came out of the gate with a really good perspective. That was awesome. Why did you switch? Like, why are we now here where you suddenly got caught up in the game and go back to what caused you to start to begin with? And that was such a good reason to get going. So don't forget that. I love that, Angie. That was, that's a really good piece of wisdom there. Yeah. I know for me in my own story, I really began to feel a shift in how I was coping when I started to shift some of my time and attention towards the things that I could control. And it sounds really simplistic, but when I trace that back to where it began, it really started with a simple decision one day to get out of bed because I spent a lot of time in bed during those early months. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just like trying to find the energy to just cope and move forward um, with my day and what that was going to look like, but to get out of bed, to put my shoes on and to go for a walk around the block. And this one small thing quickly became a routine for me. Mm-hmm. I would put in some headphones and an audiobook or a podcast, and I'd go for a walk. First, it was like just around the block. And after a while, it was something that I felt like I needed. And my husband could tell how I was doing on any given day simply by the number of walks I took. Like <laughs> I would feel yeah. myself like, okay, I'm starting to feel anxious. Like I've got all this energy. Like, let me just do a loop around the block. And this little step away from life gave me a sense of normalcy in a time of my life that felt like it was anything but ordinary. Mm. I think when you have a child in crisis, whether that's due to issues surrounding substance abuse, criminal allegations, or failing school, you name it, your mind assigns itself the responsibility of figuring it out. Mm. And figuring it out doesn't just mean finding a solution. That would be enough to drive you crazy all on its own. It wants you to figure out everything, how you got here, how to prepare for what's coming next, what the path is, and as an added bonus, trying to figure out what this all means to your family and how you will ever get back the life you once had. It's exhausting, and I always see it with our moms. They are emotionally and mentally exhausted. But when I began walking, it gave me a break from all of the thinking. For those few minutes every day, I was outside moving, breathing, and listening to someone talk or read a story out loud on my headphones. And what it did that I didn't really realize until later was that it shut off the chatter that was in my mind. Mm -hmm. It replaced my constant barrage of negative thoughts with something different, and it gave me the added bonus of feeling good that I was doing something positive for myself, like you said, Megan, that was actually making a difference. And slowly the walking shifted into stretching and then stretching shifted into strength training. And God began using you as an instrument of healing in my life. 
your no pressure, grace-centered approach would help lay the path to how I found my way out of that wilderness. And for that, I am so, so grateful. In fact, our listeners don't know this, of course, but you are also one of the first people I reached out to years ago when I was first starting Pathways to Hope Network. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. And you helped me then as well by sharing your wisdom and your experiences with me. So if we're going to break this down into, let's just say, two simple steps that the sweet mama who's listening today could start with, what would step one be? Well, Angie, I feel like just your story is testimony of what is a great step to start with. And that's just the first baby step of like literally just walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever your first steps need to be, they they have to be the lowest barrier to entry. They have to be something that feels comfortable, that feels familiar, that you're not having to learn something new. Um, that can be daunting. You know, you might have the motivation to try strength training right now, or you might know or have heard that that's the most beneficial for your body in the long run. But wow, that requires a lot of motivation and energy to learn something new. So start with something that feels familiar, that feels easy to do, literally is the lowest barrier to entry. And then build from there. You know, I like to think of, Uh, Your self-care habits, almost like you're building a tower of blocks, you know, Mm -hmm. so like you start with just walking around the block that could be your bottom tower of blocks. And then you add another thing onto it when that's going well, when that feels like that routine. Now I'm doing, wow, I'm doing this every day. This is amazing. Like I'm starting to feel this desire. I'm not having to like push myself to show up. I want to show up. I want to do this. And now I'm doing this on a regular basis. So what's the next block that we can add on? Maybe it's some feel good stretches, you know? So the next few things have to be things that, you know, feel good that are not threatening or not scary, or you don't know what to do, you know, continue to keep doing these lowest barriers to entry pretty soon you're going to have this beautiful like tower of blocks of habits that you realize like, wow, I am now someone who walks every day. I stretch multiple times a week. I strength train a couple times a week. I've got this pretty well built out routine here. And I didn't jump all the way to the giant tower of habits. First, I just did one little thing at a time. And I mastered the one thing first. And honestly, it's okay if you never put on the second block, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. second layer of blocks. You need someone to tell you that, that it is okay to only ever be the person that just walks around the block one time. That is okay. I think just knowing in the back of my, in the back of your mind, like I'm supposed to progress. I'm supposed to build that feels scary. And that alone can feel like a barrier to to starting. So don't put that pressure on yourself. Start with easy, start with the lowest barrier to entry. And on the nutrition front, honestly, I think if you feel like I need to feed my body better, I need to start giving it better nutrition. Once again, we're going to take the same approach. Start with the lowest barrier to entry, which in my opinion, working with women for so many years it's honestly not food. (laughs) There are so many emotional attachments with food 
So I would say don't go there yet. Let's start with water. Mm -hmm. Start by intentionally putting in some effort at drinking a glass of water with each meal, making sure you're well hydrated. Is it a perfect meal? Like, are you following a perfect meal plan? No, 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 you're not. That's okay. You're still showing up intentionally for your nutrition, even though that's just water. So both sides of the coin, whether it's nutrition or fitness, start with something that is familiar, that doesn't feel scary, lowest barrier to entry, and just take those first steps. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I think like, just to kind of reiterate what the point that you were making is when the time comes that you're going to add on the next block, don't let what is leading you to adding that next block be what you should be Mm -hmm. doing, what you think you should be doing next. Let it be what you feel like you need next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the whole, like, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, especially with nutrition and, and with fitness, um, it always leads to discouragement because it might not fit you right now in this season of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you will have other fitness experts that will say you should be doing a metabolic style muscle building routine. You know, if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, like you need to build that muscle. Like, yeah, you, you do, but don't feel like you should be pressured into doing that right now. Right. We'll see. Maybe you'll eventually get there. Maybe you'll eventually be in a place where you want to do that kind of a thing. And that's great. You know, and I can meet you there. I can give you the things of what to do. Um, but don't feel like you should be. And I will say that sometimes it is helpful to have someone else give you the structure, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's easy when you're, when you're not the expert, mm-hmm. be like, I don't know. I don't know. Is this the right thing? And then we kind of get in this circular pattern where we're, where we just don't start because we're not sure that it is the right thing to do. And this is where having a coach, having an expert to come alongside you, you know, someone who's not going to push you crazy hard to say like, let's just start with this. And Sometimes that's really comforting in a chaotic yeah. situation to literally have someone just tell you what to do. Yeah. And that's that can bring that order and expectation to your days of I don't have to figure this out. Someone else yeah. can someone else can tell me what to do. <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. So how about step number 2? What would be another step you would suggest? Yeah. I think once you have the tiny little ball rolling, <laughs> cause that's our wow. idea, you know, we got to like lay that first couple blocks, get the tiny little ball rolling. I could do a million other analogies for this, but I, I think we just dial the, turn the dial up one notch more, avoid cranking the dial all the way up. Mm-hmm. And so just take what you're doing. Don't replace it, but add something else to it. Mm-hmm. So the first step should not disappear. Continue to master that thing. If walking is working well for you, if walking around the block, if walking for 30 minutes while you listen to a podcast is working well for you, keep that, keep that going and add something else to the mix. I call this habit stacking. So you've got a good habit. You've mastered that habit. Now we're going to add another habit on top of it. And once that second habit is mastered, we're going to add another habit on top. So 
constantly saying like, what's the next habit that I can do that's doable right now. And Mm -hmm. so with fitness, once you start doing the walking, the next good habit would be maybe a couple stretches Mm -hmm. that complement the walking that maybe serve your hips and your legs, maybe your posture muscles, honestly doing posture stretches. Oh my goodness. Like that feels so good. Like it can turn your entire day around to do some big, like thoracic rotations and chest openers that feel like, Whoa, I have been clenching and carrying so much tension through my torso. And now I have a headache because of it. And so doing that stretch, it might be something you have to learn. So that could be that barrier to entry. It's unfamiliar, but it feels good once you do it. So that would be the next step. And I think with nutrition, another great step is to just, once again, let's not do food yet. Let's do the water. And then let's also think about eating slowly and really being present with your meal when you eat rather than rush at the kitchen counter as you eat, like sit down and notice everybody, notice how everybody is feeding you and really be aware and present when you eat. That is a really important skill that most people don't have. So those things are, you know, probably step two is what I would say those are. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent advice. I feel like that is such great advice. And both of those things are very doable. Mm -hmm. I love um, the metaphor that you use with the blocks. Like, I feel like even just as you're talking in my mind, I'm like, okay, the first block, like just imagining yourself, like you're about to start this journey where you are going to begin taking care of yourself and and you're sitting at a table and all it requires is you just to slide one little block onto the table. Mm-hmm. It's not 15 things. It's not a perfect tower. It doesn't all have to match and be color coordinated. It's just one block. And then, you know, once you have that one thing down, just adding a second block and also yeah. your advice about keeping the first thing going. I know yeah. for me, that was, um, that was the way that I did it too, um, and it just kind of happened very organically. So I feel like it's um, it's great advice. I know I started out like with just walks in the morning and then I started stretching in the evening, like before I went to yeah. bed. And those were yeah. like two times of the day where it was, my life was just about me. It was only about me in those moments. And right. I didn't have to figure everything else out in the world yeah. and try to carry everything. I could put everything down and just give myself 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, in the morning and 15 minutes in the evening. And it made such a difference in my mental health. Huge. Yeah, it, it, it can. And we feel like that is insignificant. Like it wouldn't, you know, it's 24 hours in a day. How could 10 minutes possibly make a dent? Mm -hmm. And it does. It absolutely does. And, you know, going back to that building block analogy, there's another kind of side of that that I think is really helpful for us to remember is that we might be in a season of life where we can, you know, start building those habits and and master one and then add on another. But the problem that we find we usually do is we, we start to self-sabotage, like things are going well, you've got a pretty nice looking tower of blocks, and then you hit a rough patch. Mm -hmm. You hit a week where you realize I 
like nothing's going well, everything is hitting the fan, so many expectations. So usually what we do with all those self-care habits, those that tower of blocks that we've got, we throw a little toddler tantrum and, and walk up to that tower and kick the entire thing over. Yeah. Rather than the wise thing to do in those chaotic situations is walk over to that tower and take the topmost block off and ask myself, can I still do what's here? Yeah. If the answer is no, take another block off. Can I still do what's here? Pretty soon you might be peeling off blocks. So all you have left is that walk. That's still there. That is still showing up. That is still doing something intentional for your self-care. So it removes this concept of all or nothing, which yeah. so many of us get into that trap, that self-sabotaging trap. And if you took the time to slowly build those habits over time, you know which ones need to be removed first, and you know which ones are easy and doable enough that they can remain no matter what chaos is going on in your life. You need to drink that water. You know, that I, I have yet to meet a mom in no matter what season of life that honestly says, I, I don't think I have the capacity to drink water today. <laughs> and if that is the case, it's like, okay, that's great. Let's peel it back even further. But that alone is like, yeah, that's a habit that I can do. And yeah. that feels doable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. I love that analogy because the same is true on our path to healing. Mm -hmm. If we try to come into this with this mindset of judging where we should be in the process or how we should be handling things, it can feel overwhelming and nearly impossible. But when we permit ourselves to take things slowly without the pressure of perfection, then we can build strength over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So last two questions, what resources do you have available for our listeners who'd like to learn more about you, the services you offer, and how can people connect with you? Great question. I have so many resources. So a couple of really easy places to start is to just, you're already listening to podcasts. If you're listening to this one, come listen to Self-Care Simplified. So we release two episodes every single week, Tuesdays and Fridays. Um, just really doable tidbits. Every single episode, you're going to walk away feeling inspired, but not overwhelmed or pressured. So you need to be immersing yourself in good wisdom when it comes to your self-care. And that's an excellent way to do it. They're very short episodes. It's not like a huge time commitment on your part. Um, so that's a great way to do it. So self-care simplified podcast, and then YouTube. My YouTube channel has a lot of 10-minute or less little stretching routines for relieving tension and hip pain, back pain, little things that give you, just like we were talking about, you know, a quick little circuit that you can do in short amounts of time that instantly helps your body feel better. So head to my YouTube channel. You can subscribe there, and I'm releasing new videos every single week. Um, and then if you want to go a little deeper, I actually have a free five-day guide that will help you get your health jump started. Just some really simple tips, like what we started, what we talked about today. Um, if you go to my website, vigeofit.com slash tips, um, and I'll make sure Angie, you have all these links, but the, I'll, 
send you every day for five days in a row, just a quick tip in your inbox that will be like, Hey, just think about this today. And then day two is like, Hey, yesterday, don't forget we were doing this. Let's also add on this. So we're following that habit stacking approach. Um, and I'm giving you things that feel good, that encourage you to show up in little, little ways. Um, and pretty soon by the end of five days, you're like, oh, look at all, you know, I've shown up for myself for five days in a row. When was the last time I could say that I did that? So yeah, yeah those are really great places to start. And then of course I actually have courses and stuff that go from there. So um, jumpstart 30 is probably one of the best ways that people can start working with me that course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, and we will make sure to have links um, to everything that you just mentioned in our show notes below um, to your YouTube page, um, to your podcast, uh, and to Jumpstart Tips and the program Jumpstart 30. Thank you so much, Megan, for coming on the show today to speak into the hearts of our listeners and for everything that you have done for me personally on my journey. I'm so grateful for you. Oh, thank you, Angie. This was an honor. I appreciate it. Okay, friends. Well, that wraps it up for this week. I really hope that you found this information helpful and that it served you in some way. In complete transparency, I want you to know that I am not in any way, shape, or form an expert in the field of parenting. Nope. You are not going to find any fancy initials after my name. In fact, I'm just a mom like you who had to navigate some really tough experiences with my teenage kids. And in my own desperate need for hope and healing, I've spent a lot of time and energy researching and referencing all the things because if there is one thing I have learned, it's that we're stronger together. Your ratings and reviews mean so much to me. In fact, they can make or break a podcast. So if you found this information today helpful, would you please take 60 seconds to subscribe, rate, and review? It would mean so much to me and the mama who hasn't found us yet. Oh, and don't forget to check out Pathways to Hope Network's website and be sure to subscribe. At the beginning of every week, I send out Hope Notes, a note of encouragement designed to equip you on your path towards hope and healing. You can also find Pathways to Hope Network on Facebook and Instagram. Pathways to Hope Network is a nonprofit organization with a mission to serve families with teens in crisis by providing cost-free support, resources, and community. The link will always be in the show notes below. Remember, you were never meant to go through this alone.